listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Welcome um, to the mission. Thank you guys for being here. I'm so, uh, I've been actually challenged a lot in the last month around this, um, this, this question that we've been asking. Um, and we're all in this building together to get today, so I kind of, I think I'm preaching to the choir a little bit, but, but um, we have been asking this question, why church? Why, why church? Why are we here? Um, and we've gone through the sermon series, and, and Ricardo and, and, and Jason and, and Brian Bell last week have all talked to us about reasons why, why we come to church and why, why we should be here. Um, and again, there's a lot of us in this room, and we've probably asked our, ourselves this question, why am I here today? Um, and it's actually a defining question, actually, for our, for our culture, because in America, um, there didn't used to be this question, why should we go to church? I mean, everybody went to church. It seemed like, it, it, you know, it was, it was much more common for, for us to, to, to go to church, and, and, and now, since we've been kind of becoming more of a, of a post-church culture, um, I think, I think this, this question is, is important for our society as well. Um, 30 or 40 years ago, back when I was a kid, I mean, I like to say that because, you know, I got gray hair a little bit and not much up on top, so um, back when I was a kid, uh, Gallup actually started asking people this question, um, do you go to church? And, uh, and they've been asking this for a long time, actually, but, uh, but I remember back in 1992, that's only, that's 20, I graduated from high school in 1992, so it's 25 years ago. Some of you weren't born back then, so like right here, they were, it's 1992, I, I just, I think Chris was born in 1993, so yeah, you guys weren't even born back then, but, but back then, back in the old days, um, people used to go to church, right? And uh, so I actually, Gallup did a, did a poll of, of church membership in 1992, um, back, uh, back then, they asked this question, do you happen to be a member of a church or a synagogue? And, uh, and the answer was yes, 70% of the time, and uh, 29% of the time was no. Now, to take, take now, 2016, last year, they asked the same question. It says this, 55% people are members of a church or a synagogue and only 44%. They do have synagogues in there, so maybe there's a few percentage points that, that you know, plus or minus there. But truthfully, there's a big drop in, in church membership and being part of a church. And why would that be? I mean, why, why, why would people not be coming to church? Um, and, and Gallup has been surveying people around their attitudes around church as well. So there's a, this next poll, I think, is, is also pretty interesting. Um, it asks this question. Please tell me how much confidence you, yourself, have in the church or organized religion. And they asked, this, you know, they asked it this way, a great deal, quite a lot, some, or very little. Back in 1973, that was before I was born, just so you guys all know. I was before I was born. Um, 1973, they said this, uh, 65% of people said they had a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in the church or organized religion. And now, it's, it's dropped to 41%. It's a huge drop, a 20, what is that, 24% drop in confidence in the church or organized religion. And, and, and I don't know, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for that, but people just don't have confidence in what church can do in their lives. So people today belong to church way less. They, they, they actually b- believe that it's, that, it's, that it's something that they can have confidence in way less. But why would that be? Why? why? 
Um, they must just not believe in God. They must just think that God's you know, not real anymore. I think, I think a lot of us make up stories about why it is that our, that our culture is no longer really interested in, in, in church. And, uh, you know, I, I, always, I would have thought that, that this next poll would, would, make, would tell the story. And so we, we asked this, they asked this question um, back in 1976. That was after I was born. Just, you guys get the, between 73 and 76. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you believe in God? Do you believe in God or a universal spirit? And in 1976, 94% of people said yes. And I thought this was really interesting because I would have expected, you know, a big 20% drop in this. But actually, today, in 2016, still 89%, almost 90% of people still say, I believe in God. I believe there's something out there. I just don't believe church is it, is the reason I I should not go to church. I I don't think that's... That's for me. Isn't that fascinating? Again, I, I don't know about you, but I thought that, that number would be way lower. Um, but, but I think people, and, and, and maybe even you who are in, in this room, maybe asking this question, I mean, like, I like God. I believe in him. Jesus seems like a cool character, but, but why church? Why? why? Why do I have to go? Why bother with church when it seems so kind of outdated, um, you know, they have all these rules and regulations, and they don't seem relevant to what humanity really needs today. Why church when it seems so hypocritical and people stand up here and tell you to do something that they're not even doing themselves sometimes? And for some of us, we ask this question, why church when God is everywhere? God is everywhere, right? I mean, can't I simply connect with God on my own? On my own terms, I, I wouldn't have to get all dressed up and, and uh, you know, get, get looking nice and put a f- happy smile on my face and show up at church. I could just do it at home. I mean, there's podcasts and there's, there's TV preachers and there's, you know, I can read the Bible on, on my own. I can pray on my own. Why, why do we need church? Why do I need church to connect with God? And, and you know what? These are, these are all really good questions and challenges to, to why we're all sitting in this room today with this gathering of people who, who want to follow Jesus. Why is that so important? And I, I think there's one more question that, that sometimes we, we, we've skipped over in this last three weeks, so I want to talk about it a little bit more pointedly today, which is this question that a lot of us in this room have probably asked. Why should I go to that church? Why that church? Maybe you've been around church for a long time and you've asked this question of yourself. Why do I go to that church when, the, when the, what they do there just doesn't suit my taste? You know, why that church when, when what they're doing there, uh, you know, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good. It's not, it's, you know, the music's not loud enough or the music's too loud or, or maybe it's not hipster enough or it's too hipster. I don't, I don't know which, what you guys, why do you go to church? It's too young or it's too old or, or, or the preaching is too boring. I mean, that's my bad. I'm so sorry about that. Just come next week, Jason, preaching. It's less, less boring, but... but or, or it's not focused on what I need, or, or there's not enough, it's, it's too simple, the, the preaching's too simple, or no, it's, it's just way too complex, I don't get it. Right? Why that church? Why should I go to that church? And, and Gallup does a poll of, of church people too every year, and this year, in 2017, they did this poll, and it's, a, and, and it's pretty interesting, um, they asked this question, is each of the following... Which of the following is a major factor in why you attend church? Why you attend church or a place of worship? And, and it's very 
I, it was eye-opening to me because the first, the first reason is because of the sermon. And so, I'm, again, I'm so sorry. Next week, Jason's here, so you guys um, come next week. The next one is children's programs, community outreach, inspiring leaders. We have that. Um, social activities, musical worship. These are, these are reasons. These are the major factors why people choose that church. Isn't that interesting? But those of us who are already connected to church and to this church even, we have reasons why we come to church. And, and the question I think we maybe should ask ourselves this, this time is, is, are those good reasons? Are those really good reasons? Are, are, you know, are, are coming to church because of the sermons the best reason to come to church? I mean, because I think there's a tension that we face um, uh, because when we walk into a building like this, we're, we're actually expecting something. Or it's, whether it's here or some other, other place, we come to church for a reason. We come to church because we're hoping uh, or expecting something that, that we hope to get out of it. And if you missed, like I said, any of the sermons over the past three weeks, I, 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 truly, I truly ask that you go. I, I, know, I know I said you can't do church all, all on your own and with a podcast, but I do think it's cool to hear what, what some amazing and, and, and powerful speakers have to say about this topic. In the last three weeks, um, we asked this question, why church? And, and, and Ricardo came the first week, and, and we heard from Ricardo who answered this question um, this way. The reason we come to church is to experience the manifest presence of God. And I'm, I'm just a doctor, okay? I'm not very smart. So I had to, I needed, and, and Ricardo's awesome at making super complex things really simple, right? Because he's a math professor. And, you know, that's what he does every day. And so manifest presence of God was just like, hey, that sounds complicated. But, God, but thank, thank God that Ricardo helped me understand that. The reason we need to be part of a church is because we need to actually see actual, tangible evidence of the God that so many of us in America believe in. The 90% of, of, of America believes in God, but how many Americans have actually seen the manifest presence of God, the, the, the tangible action of God in their lives? I, I don't think many have, and the reason many haven't is because half of us aren't going to church anymore. So, so I think that is actually one of the most amazing reasons to be here. It's to see God through a community of believers. The sec- second week, Jason talked about church being a place of radical unity. It, it's, not just a, it's not just a building, but it's a, it's a people. It's people who are committed to each other, right? People, people who are captured by the awe of what God is doing, the manifest presence of God, and that they love each other with this contagious love. And that's what spreads like wildfire throughout our community. So, so that's radical unity. And then last week, Brian Bell discussed the topic of building spiritual maturity through being a part of a body of believers. That, that the body of, of, of Christ, the, the church, it, it's, it's just like a body that, that requires the pituitary gland and the thyroid gland and the pancreas to, to just become mature, right? You guys, even, some of that stuff you probably didn't understand, but we've got some doctors in there. Got some doctors in the house, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that the point is that we need, we need others, we need all of us to become spiritually mature. And so it's not just like, well, I can do that on my own. No, you can't. You can't because you need your brother and your sister to help you. 
So today we're going to finish this series about, by, about asking the question, why should we go to church? Why church? By looking at what Jesus said about church. And I think it's truly, I think the answer to this question is, to, that we're going to talk about today is actually one of the biggest benefits personally that we can take. And it's funny because Shannon actually uh, brought up a scripture that, that we're not going to talk about today, but that I was thinking about, um, and, and, and I believe that you know, God gave that to her. She's so, that was, that was powerful. I was thinking, man, I don't even need to talk. But, 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 but Shannon got talked about whoever, whoever basically loses their life, gains it, and whoever you know, wants everything out of life loses it. That's, that's, just, that's the kind of concept that we're going to talk about today. And so, I think that we're going to talk about this, this story that it's kind of weird. Um, it's in John chapter 13, and it's kind of towards the end, as, as, as Jesus is kind of coming with his disciples, it's right during, during that time when they're doing the Last Supper, John talks, a, in, in, that, in that book of the Bible, there's a, there's a long talk with Jesus that the disciples really have as they're kind of coming to a conclusion of Jesus' ministry and realizing what's, what this is to come. In John chapter 13, we pick up the story after Jesus is, is, um, has just finished washing his disciples' feet. And, and um, you know, kind of, I don't know if you've been around church a long time, it's kind of just like, yeah, Jesus washes our feet. That's great. Um, but if you really, really understand what that meant, you know, people in those days, you know, didn't have shoes with closed toes. They, they, they walked around in sandals all day in, in the, you know, the dirt and the, and the heat. And, and, you know, I'm a doctor, so I see a lot of nasty feet but because I'm, you know, diabetics. So they, they have bad feet. You know, there's lots of nasty stuff. But I can imagine, you know, if that's what you do all day walking around with your sandals on, you know, your feet are going to be pretty gross. And, and so that's a job that saved for the, for the servants and for the you know, for the slaves that, that you know, washing people's feet, because people, people, uh, you know, that, that, was a, that was a pretty gross task. So Jesus, you know, Jesus is doing this, and, and then he's finished, and, and, uh, and Peter's one of the disciples, he's like, you know, this isn't your job. Jesus, that's not, that's not your job. Someone else should be doing that, and, and he's almost just Ashamed. Maybe he's just ashamed of what his feet look like. I mean, I, some people are, are really like anxious about that. So maybe that was Peter. But um, but Jesus kind of makes makes an example out of this and talks about this in John thirteen twelve through seventeen. And I think it has something to say about what what we should be doing as a church community. So let's look at this passage and and, and, and read it together. So so when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them. Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus says, look, I'm, I'm the teacher, I'm the son of God, and, and you, do you understand what I've done for you? And the truth is, they didn't quite understand what, they, what he had done for them yet, because you know, he hadn't died on the cross for them, risen, and, 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 and saved the world through, through that process. But God, but Jesus says to them, you know, I'm doing something for you. Now you gotta do it for others. 
It's not just about knowing it, it's about doing it. But I, I don't think this, this passage actually is really talking about washing each other's feet. And because, you know, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really want to wash all your feet, so sorry about that. I mean, if I have to take one for the team, I'll do it, but, but I, I, I don't know. I don't think it was about washing feet, right? It was about taking up something that wasn't comfortable, that wasn't really my job, and doing it for the service of others. And I think serving others is really the point of this story and the point that Jesus was trying to make. Because in, later in the story, he tells, he, he, he gives this, this, the disciples something that's pretty, that's my favorite part, one of the, my favorite parts of the Bible, actually. It's actually just about, you know, 15 verses down. When Jesus says this in John 13, 34 through 35. So a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So again, after he shows what he means by loving one another, by, 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 by humbling himself and washing their feet, he says, love others just like I loved you. That's it. And that's, that's cool. That's the cool thing about Jesus. He never just says, oh, you do that. He says, I did that. Now go do it. I'm the example, now you do it. And that's what he's saying to his disciples at, at that point. And that's what he's saying to us here in the church. He never asks us to just do something without showing us how to do it. And he asks them to wash each other's feet. Do something that's maybe not so comfortable for you. Step out of your comfort zone and help others. And, and I think uh, the Apostle Paul, he reminds us of this later on, the, the kind of the way that Jesus is, is a humble servant um, through the ultimate act of sacrifice that Jesus gave to, his, to all of us um, after that story, which is, um, so let's go to Philippians 2, 3 through 8. When, when, um, when Paul is talking to the Philippians, he says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Amen. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Amen. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a, a thing to be grasped but emptied himself, emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And if we're following Jesus' example, we can't make it about all about our own interests. Because I think that, that, that list of things that we talked about from the Gallup poll... Oftentimes, those are about our interests. But, but, but Paul says, he, he, you got to look out for the interests of others. We must be servants of others. And just like Jesus did, who made that ultimate sacrifice, Jesus is our example. And if we want to answer the question, why church? And we realize that Jesus' concept of church is truly about loving one another with sacrificial service, then we need to, to change our mindset about church, Right? 
Because for those of us who are church people, we need to become less focused on what it is that we get out of it, what's in it for me. And we need to be more focused on what's in it for someone else. What's in it for everyone else. Because for those people who are not in this room today, who who need to be in this room, there's a huge benefit for us changing our mindset like this. Because when we love each other as Jesus loved us, by sacrificing our own comfort, our own preferences, our own pride, you know, we give others the glimpse of Jesus, our Savior, that they may never experience unless they walk through the, those front doors. And if, and, if we're, and if we're all about us, we might miss it. But that love that Jesus showed to his disciples and, and ultimately to all of us, that love is contagious. So when we answer the question, why church? The answer is this, because the supernatural power of your heavenly Father, the creator of the world, is found by worshiping in a gathering of Jesus' followers. We grow in our faith together and we become servants, not only to each other, but to our communities, our workplaces, our families, our schools, and ultimately to the ends of the earth. So, this is the thing, that sounds all great, you know, we want to serve others. And, and there's paradoxically something that, that comes out of that. What's in it for me? We're always wondering what's in it for me. And, and it's funny because there is something in it for us. See, being a servant is not just good for others. It's better than that. It's better than that. And I want to point us back to John 13, um, the words of Jesus in John 13, verse 17. Because he says this, he says, if you get it all, if you understand this, if you know these things, then blessed, blessed are you if you do them. So, as paradoxical and strange as that seems, you know, when you, when you make it about others, it actually blesses you. And blessing is sometimes a word that we think that has a little bit of strange connotation in our world, Right? But, but blessing just truly means being fully satisfied. How many of us would love to be fully, fully satisfied? Yeah. And, when, and, and, and truthfully, I mean, if you want to be basic, more basic than that, it just makes you happier when you actually stop worrying about what's in it for me and start looking to sacrifice, to serve others, to care for others. No matter where that is, whether it's at work or at home or at school or at church, making our lives into living sacrifices by focusing on serving others, it truly changes us. It makes us different. It changes our focus to more of an eternal focus, just like Jesus had. It it loosens our grip on what is less important, and, and it helps us to see the world like Jesus saw it through the lens of of eternity through the lens of sacrifice and service because that's what Jesus saw in us. He was willing to sacrifice everything for us. And I'm not sure what that looks like for you. Like, I don't know what, how that hits you because some of, for some of us, um, it's maybe it's just simply an, a change in your attitude about the service that you're already doing. Like you might be 
really doing great work and really great service, but, but the attitude that you have about it is just not great. Maybe that's how it help, helps you. But, or maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're taking, um, you, you haven't really taken an uncomfortable step to do something that you know that God is calling you to do. And you have to step out in, in, in faith and say, maybe it's just, you know, serving in the children's ministry or, or um, you know, the Awana program or, or something like that. Maybe it's, that, maybe it's a volunteer, um, maybe it's something that you need to volunteer for that you know you need to do, but it's just about doing it, right? Maybe it's taking a homeless person to lunch. I don't know what it is for you, but, but God knows, and, and you probably feel it in your heart. There's something tugging at you saying, yeah, I need to be a better servant to others. And if you listen to the Holy Spirit's voice and, and, and to what Jesus is calling us to do, it's not just to hear it, but to, but to, to, to do it. Because that's going to be the blessing in your life. That's going to be the why of church. And, and, and as Jesus says, by, by this love, we will be known we will be known as his disciples. And, and, and that's what Jesus was looking for. And that is what the mission is looking for. So why church? Why, why this church? Why the mission? Because we, we want to make this radical, sacrificial, amazing love that Jesus showed to us, we want to make that spread throughout our neighborhoods and our nations. And, and that's why we do church here at the mission. To make God's radical love contagious. You might have heard that before. We might have said that once or twice. But I, but I truly believe that is the why of church. To serve others. To put others' needs before our own. Because that's how we become blessed. And that's just, that's just an amazing process. So I hope you're going to join us next week as we continue to, to just talk about these this amazing sacrificial love that Jesus has shown to us. I don't know what Jason's going to bring, but I know it's going to be amazing. So um, let's continue to look for God's work through the mission, God's work through our church here. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm really, really thankful to be part of this, this place. Um, it's not just about the building. It's not just about, about what the programs we do, but it's really about the people. Um, and so... As we kind of close this sermon series, I just hope that um, you kind of reflect on what it is that we do here as we go through church. Um, maybe some of you are new here. Come see, see who we are in the back. Maybe, maybe some of you um, haven't been in church for a while, and it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been difficult to walk through the front door of a church. God's calling us to just show radical love to each other and to the community. So let's go ahead and pray together. God, I just thank you so much for giving your life for us, for, for, for loving us so much that you, that, you, that you gave your son so that we can, we can have an example so that we can also be saved from having this attitude of what's in it for me and start to follow Jesus' example 
of serving others, God. We just thank you so much for, for giving us the church, for loving the church so much. We know this is, this is your hands and your feet. This, this is a sacred place where we can see we can see you show up. We can see your manifest presence. We can see it. God, we just thank you so much for, for um, the people who, who've dedicated themselves, de- dedicated their lives, dedicated their, their hearts to, to making your radical love contagious in, in this place. God, I just ask that you would continue to bless us. Continue to bless us in this, in this mission. And as, as, as the ushers come forward today, God, we just ask that you would also bless what we bring to you because we know it's, it's all yours and we ask that you would continue to, to multiply it, continue to spread it throughout, throughout our community and ultimately to the ends of the earth. God, we just thank you so much for what you've given to us and we give back to you what what is already yours. Thank you so much um, for for what you've done in this series, God. We just ask that you would continue to to um, to touch us, to continue to bless us. As I said, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.